Welcome to Our Next Existence by Katie and the Chorus. I'm Katie, former technology strategist turned reluctant spiritual medium, and I channel messages from the Chorus, a group of beings just beyond our sensory perceptions who are loving, expansive, and who greatly enjoy sharing their perspective of us. Join us each week as we share and discuss their ideas about humanity's existence, purpose, and future. Concepts you can draw from to accelerate your path, expand your perceptions, and ultimately step into the flow of the universe and your life. Acts of trust. Take a great deal of courage, don't they? Gumption. When the world is saying, do this or do that, or move in this direction, or don't do that, and you can tune it all out and trust your choice, it takes nerve. And most of the time, we think about trust in examples of trusting other people, or trusting an idea or a situation, something external to us. But I think the greatest acts of trust are when we are able to move through the noise in our own minds, all those voices, all that thinking, obligations, responsibilities, logic, rationales, guilt, all those things that vie for our attention and sort of want to contribute to a safe and prudent decision. And when somehow magically you can move through all that and still hear a voice, an impulse, a feeling inside of you, and you trust that sensation, yeah, that takes nerve, that takes gumption. Have you ever wondered why it's so hard to trust an inspiration? Why it can be so challenging, so noisy in your mind? We're going to talk about that today. Over the last three or four episodes, the course has brought us through topics on consciousness, which is the beings that we are, and our consciousness, we chose to narrow to this experience of a human life, to have an experience of limitation. Our minds are what they view as the belief system complex, the massive architecture of beliefs that we have manifested here over time that drive the decision-making, the thinking, and the judgments that we are majority unconscious to. We are unaware of them as they act on our reality billions of times per second. And last week, we began sort of a tour of the belief system complex. The first cluster, I guess you could say, the first quadrant of beliefs being beliefs of not in control, which is fundamental to a human existence. This week, we're going to continue that tour with an exploration of beliefs of trust or beliefs of not trust, which are foundational to our experiences of limitation here. In the first part of this episode, you'll hear directly from the chorus themselves, and then afterwards, we will discuss what they spoke about. So for now, set aside all that thinking, all that logic, and open to a sense, a possibility of trust as you listen to the chorus.
Let us continue on this topic of beliefs. For though we will not cover all of your beliefs, each one in detail, for that would take only several million more years, but still we believe it is helpful to you to review at some length the way these belief systems function and what has been the primary drivers of your existence here and of your experiences here. Recently, we brought to consciousness the idea that there is a belief among humankind of a loss or a lack of control and how much that contrasts our existence, our beliefs, you could say, where all things are infinitely, fluidly, lovingly, and perfectly in control. Another facet of humankind is their difficulty with trust. This may seem surprising to you as you have beliefs among your kind of being almost too trusting, of being easily misled, of being easy to manipulate. Humans often believe themselves to be vulnerable in the sense that they can be deceived. This belief that you have is a belief in lack of trust. This may sound strange to you that a belief in lack of trust should make it so easy for you to be misled or to be deceived, but allow us to explain. In the energetic universe, all things that you believe in, all things that you focus upon, all things that you bring your attention toward, you are energizing. And that energization creates more of that thing, more of that experience. This touch, this directive power might seem very light and very subtle to a human. But that is because you are awakening to this capacity from within the game in which things often require a sort of brute force, a sort of high impact, a sort of real exertion to make things happen, especially new and different things. Whereas where we are, soft, fluid, gentle, effortless, energetic direction is the fundamental way of things. Thus, when a human energizes their existence, it is often through strain and struggle. It is powerful in the sense that you are recreating more experiences of limitation and lack while having a powerful experience of limitation and lack in the sense that you are energetically depleting yourself over the course of trying to achieve that which you are attempting to create. Let us take then the example of your belief in a lack of trust. By believing that things are not often worthy of trust, that they can be deceptive, that they can be malicious, that their intent might be hidden from you, What you create are experiences of being misled, 
of being deceived and of being damaged or affected in some way by hidden intent from those around you. It is by your belief in these things that you manifest these experiences of things not being worthy of trust. And it is by your experience of these things that you build more beliefs about the validity of their existence. As the manifestations pile up, you have more and more things to point to on the five senses spectrum to justify your belief in things not being worthy of trust. As you do so, you develop more and nuanced beliefs about how to manage a universe, an environment, a reality where things can be so without trust. You create mechanisms for uncovering the truth. You create processes, many of which you are still unconscious of, in which you try to assess or understand for yourselves whether or not a thing is trustworthy at the outset. Thus, humanity in its strong, unconscious, layered, and colossal beliefs that things can be not worthy of trust, continues to manifest for itself experiences of things violating trust. This is a perhaps defining characteristic of humankind. There are many who have approached you in an effort to bring loving energies to your perceptions, but by your belief systems of being unable to trust things that are new and unknown, you manifest most creatively ways of feeling deceived by those who have approached you. You find this no more so now than in experiences with each other. For as you are awakening to all that you are, you are also awakening to these belief systems. And as you do so, you will find exacerbated examples of lack of trust in your environment that draws your conscious attention to this repeating pattern and what might be the driver behind it. There are many of you who are sensing now in your particularly recent era, that though many are pointing out to you more and more and more and more reasons to feel upset, to feel deceived, to feel disappointed, you also feel an urge to relinquish those things. There is only so much news you can watch. There's only so many topics you can muster the energy to get upset about. There are those who are still active in the belief systems of lack of trust who will tell you that you must remain vigilant or that you must fight in order to prevent more of these things from occurring in your perceptions. And yet, there is another part of you that is laying down the sword. We would suggest that this part of you is the expanding consciousness part of you. It is coming to the realization energetically of what you are energizing with your attention and your energetic expenditures 
here in the game. And so though you may not have yet had many conscious thoughts as to why you turn off the news more than you did before, as to why you walk away from certain conversations without even really thinking about it, this is happening behind the scenes. Awakening is not always first a thought and then a manifestation on the five senses spectrum. Awakening is often coming to conscious recognition of a thing that you have already been doing for some time. This is, perhaps you could say, the magic of what we do here. We are not givers of to-do lists. We will not give you a litany of things that you must do in order to awaken. Rather, we are here to assist you in coming to consciousness and coming to the recognition of the many ways in which you are already awakening. By giving these things names and structure and connections, what we are assisting in doing is helping you to build a new belief system, a new area of beliefs, a new complex, however you would like to describe it, that allows you to connect to more and different types of energy. It is simply reflecting to you what you are already doing. From this more expanded part of your consciousness, you will find that it is so much easier to trust one thing in particular, and that is yourself. You have an infinite connection to energy, and you have an infinitely capable guidance system that assists you in perceiving the differences between energies and choosing and following your path of preference. Though these concepts will feel new to a human who is awakening from inside the game, we assure you that these aspects of yourself are fundamental to who you are. You have given yourselves the experience of being, you might say, energetically blind. Were you an infinitely connected being, it would be impossible to be deceived. It would be impossible to be unaware of another's true intent. For when you perceive all things energetically, what you are really perceiving is the whole of the other being. Their entire existence, their entire lifetime, their entire path of expansion, you see them completely for what they are and what they have been, and what they are becoming. There is a wholeness in this perspective, and it is profound and expansive, and we might even suggest beyond words to describe. Humans gave yourselves the experience of being disconnected from this perception. You relinquished your abilities to understand each other in this complete way, in order to have an experience of the incomplete, of the unknown. Is this not a powerful aspect of lack of trust? That as you move through your days, there are things that are deeply unknown, not least of which what will happen in the next moment, but also 
the way that others are moving and acting around you and what they are trying to achieve, what they perceive, and what they believe to be true. This aspect of the mysterious is quintessential to what we would perceive to be human. There will come a time in the not-too-distant future where those beliefs relax, and instead you believe more fully in your ability to know a thing at any instant that you wish. This time will come very naturally when you are ready to move out of the experience of the mysterious and the unknown. And in that moment, what you will find is a deep and pervasive trust that resides within you for all things that you feel and for all things that you desire and for all inspirations that come to you. And from that vantage point, you will begin to move into the infiniteness of the universe. We love you most infinitely, beloved ones, and we trust you infinitely. And we will be with you soon. started communicating with the Chorus, I would show up with a list of questions. Many of them were science-related. There was a lot I was trying to understand about the physics of the universe, and it seemed very contained, very controlled to me, that we would just leave this as a science conversation, mysterious voices in my head. (laughs) And very patiently and very enthusiastically, they would always answer all of my questions. And they would do it in such a concise way that after a matter of minutes, I had sort of run out of questions. They had given me such expansive answers that my brain in that moment did not exactly know how to follow up and to ask another question. It was sort of just like this sensation of, that makes total sense. And so then there would be a lull in the conversation. And then they would tease me and they would say, is it our turn? I would say, what do you mean? And they would say, do we get to talk about what we want to talk about now? Just teasing me on the way that humans do what we do. I would say, sure. And then they would always launch into these topics that were not only incredibly fascinating and profound, but were also sort of a next level of the questions that I had come to them with. So if I was asking them about why the universe works this way or how come orbital mechanics does this or stuff like that, they would always come back with sort of an exploration as to why a human believes that there are those things, why we exist in this way, why I see a solar system things that I could not have even conceived of asking. Over time, very gradually, I learned to trust their perspective. I learned to expect, in a way, 
that I could show up with any number of questions. But if I just let them talk, if I just let us interact in the present moment, it would answer everything and more than I would have thought of in advance. As you can imagine, over time, my questions sort of lost importance. Because if you always showed up to talk with a friend and what they had to say was always a thousand times better than the questions that you had been planning, the importance of the question sort of diminishes and just showing up for the conversation increases. And somehow over the course of our conversations, I stopped checking on my perspective at all. I mean, when you're standing in the dazzling light of expansive beings who are completely beyond our sensory perception, it can be a little blinding at times. And it's easy to think that my human perspective was so limited that I was coming from such a confined, constrained place. And that what they had to say was so much more informed and enlightened, better. This week, the chorus took us on stop number two on our grand tour around the belief system complex, which is the underlying machine or energetic driver of our experience of a human life. Last week, we talked about beliefs in lack or loss of control. And this week, they started talking to us about beliefs of trust. And as usual, you're probably noticing a theme here with humankind. It's not beliefs of trust. It's beliefs in lack of trust, like it is lack of control. As they mentioned, most of this stuff is still unconscious to us. These beliefs are active on our existence billions of times per second. There are things that we believe that are crafting our perception of reality that we cannot name billions of times per second. We are simply active in the experience itself, living it. And we're probably aware in many ways of things that we don't trust. We may not necessarily trust members of an opposing political party. We may not necessarily always trust the weather and mother nature. We may not necessarily trust our kids to make the right decisions. We may not trust a wide variety of things in our environment. But as usual, what the chorus is pointing out is a deeper, more pervasive, energetic action of a belief. And moreover, how we continually re-energize that belief and create more of it in our environment And they brought this up this week, but in actuality, we do this with all of our beliefs. It's how we maintain the structure of the game. So they said, what happens is you have a belief in things not being trustworthy. You manifest an example of it. So someone violates your trust, it hails on your car, et cetera. So around you, these piles of examples of things not being trustworthy start to build up. And for each one of those experiences in our manifested reality, we build a new belief. This is a very powerful concept. And it actually explains a lot of how certain cycles 
in our perception can seem unbreakable. The chorus told me early on that this cycle, the cyclical nature of a human to believe something unconsciously, because remember, we are not conscious to most of the beliefs in our belief system complex. So we believe something unconsciously because we very purposefully chose to only perceive energy through our five senses, through the experience of the mind-body instrument that we have here. So at one point, we were able of perceiving all sorts of different kinds of energy, and we narrowed that down. So we have belief systems that we are not conscious of. Those belief systems mold the energy into an experience. We witness that experience through our five senses. And by way of witnessing it, we build a new belief, which typically reinforces or reinstates the type of experience that we just had. The cycle goes belief system, manifestation, manifestation, back to belief, belief to manifestation, manifestation, back to belief. This cycle you could view as being sort of a fundamental part of just existence. But according to the perspective of the chorus, this is actually an aspect of the way humans function. This cyclical nature can be seen in repeating patterns, which they started to allude to last week that we are beginning to become conscious of. So not least of which the cyclical nature of our planet and our weather systems and our seasons and the cycles of life and birth and death and etc. But also in the cycles of behavior or experiences that we may be starting to notice in ourselves, in our relationships, and in our societies. One aspect of our current era is that we have a growing fascination with and awakening to events of history. We are able to string together things that have happened over periods of time, and we begin to see how we keep doing these sorts of things. So the rise and fall of civilizations, the rise and fall of economies, the cyclical nature of the stock market, um, the way that policies will expand to be more liberal and then contract to be more constrained in terms of their allowance, the overthrowing of dictators and then the rise again of a new dictator. There are cyclical aspects to the way humans exist. And in fact, the chorus points out that these cyclical aspects were understood by others who were off our game and were reflected to us um, and to some enlightened people who were able to receive those teachings and that this aspect is reflected in the concepts that we have of the karmic wheel. So this idea that it just keeps churning and around and around and around we go. Now, the fact that most humans view the karmic wheel as inescapable is quintessentially human because if you give a human an expansive perspective, we will filter it through our belief systems of limitation. And from that most expansive energy, we will perceive something about it that is limiting. 
for humanity, it's a little bit two steps forward, one step back, two steps forward, one step back, in that we receive an expansive perspective, but the more we ponder it or the more we try to apply it to our lives, essentially the more we mold it into a manifestation of our reality, the more the rules of our belief systems apply to that energy and affect it essentially, transform it into something that is slightly more limiting. You can see evidence of this in terms of great epiphanies or realizations that maybe you have had in your life or maybe you have witnessed happen in other people where when the thought comes through at first, it feels, whoa, like I get it. Like just blasts everything out of the water, feels like it lifts you to a new level. It's it's a major understanding. Things in your life feel more clear. And then as time passes and you continue to reflect on that epiphany or as you continue to talk about it or as you continue to evaluate what it means, the sensation loses a little bit of its luster, a little bit of its power. So the concept itself may feel evolved. The concept may feel like it got more detailed, more fully explained, right? The mental belief systems that you have built about that clarity, about that epiphany have expanded. And that is true. You are feeling the buildup of beliefs around that manifestation And then on the flip side, the feeling of that epiphany, that massive, expansive, powerful sensation also evolves and becomes slightly less, slightly diminished, slightly less impactful than the moment it arrived into your perception. The chorus alluded to sort of this cycle in terms of their suggestion about trust and these beliefs of lack of trust. And they were saying someone could show up in your perception sort of outside the bounds of these belief systems. Not currently, because currently we're not, or recently. Up until recently, we have not really been allowing ourselves to perceive much that is not wholly on the frequency of our game. But in times past, many millennia ago, we did in some ways allow for those exceptional experiences to come through. And so we allowed ourselves to perceive beings that were not completely of our belief system complex. And in so doing, those beings very naturally reflected back to us more of what we were and believed. One of them being, hey, you guys are cyclical. You create belief systems in a cycle. You are kind of of creating, embodying a cycle. And a human hearing those comments, I guess you could say, about trust and about our beliefs would very naturally transform that experience through the belief system and would find something to not trust about that being and about that perspective. Similar to how we maintain the boundaries of the game by believing things are out of our control. And so then we continually create experiences that are out of our control. We also do this with trust in the sense that we could perceive something that is infinitely trustworthy. 
But by way of that perception being filtered through our beliefs, we will find something about it to not trust and we will manifest an example of that. And so the chorus said, hey, some people tried to point this out to you over the past, but then you found ways to not trust them. (laughs) I mean, it's kind of bulletproof. It's kind of invincible. If you were trying to maintain your perception of limitation and lack, your experience of it, and you are, and you have been, we all have been, then you would not want to receive expansive perspectives. You would want to rebuff those things. You would want to somehow find a way of believing that those things need to be rejected. Otherwise, you would receive the fullness of an expansive perspective and it would completely violate your experience of limitation here in the game. So then what do humans trust? Let's play the same game that we did last week with control. When do we feel in control? When do we not energetically? Let's do the same thing right now, energetically. What's happening when we do trust something? And it's very similar to last week. You'll understand this structure more and more as you see it play out over and over again. When we do trust something, it is something that fits very perfectly and very neatly into the existing set of manifestations that constitute our experience here. So I'll give you an example. Let's say you meet someone for the first time. You don't know anything about them. And you guys have been set out to work on something together. So You have recently met each other and now you have to work on something together. Ergo, you have to make decisions jointly and there's going to be some times where you're going to need to simply trust what the other person wants to do. So let's say the first week passes and you have a series of manifestations in which you and this other person do stuff whatever that stuff is. We're not going to focus on the manifestations right now. We're focusing on what's happening energetically. Energetically, you are creating together an experience of shared beliefs that tie into the belief system complex that you both share of the game. So the more you have conversations, which is a manifestation, The more you do things for this project together, which are manifestations, the more you are basically stacking up a connection between you both and the existing context. And in so doing, you allow yourself to access more and different beliefs from within the belief system complex that fit this new dynamic. What was once unknown about how this person might behave or might make choices is now known. It's like a little pathway. It's like you just met this person and now there's a little pathway about this person, a a series of manifestations that tie in in all directions. They're like, each of them's like a little spoke in a wheel, right? So here's the first manifestation and it ties into maybe a hundred different beliefs that you have about how people should behave or can behave or what is trustworthy. But energetically, what is happening is that person is tying into your existing context in a way that you are assessing, determining, and then believing. 
So you and this person go into the second week. And now the second week, you already have this little pile of manifestations growing about how this person behaves and how that connects to the things that you believe. And then the second week happens and you get a little bit bigger pile. And then the third week happens and you get a little bit bigger pile. Now, in your pile of manifestations, you may tie into beliefs of not trusting this person or you may tie into beliefs of trusting this person, right? Some of the stuff you like, some of the stuff you may not like. Let's go with the example of trust for this purpose and say that for each pile of manifestations that gets added on each week, there are more things that you quote unquote trust than there are things that you don't trust. So over time, by the end of the year of working with this person, your pile of manifestations is pretty big. And so this pile of manifestations is connected into all sorts of aspects of your belief system complex and your context. And in that context, you say, yep, I got it. I trust this person. I have seen what they do in all of these other instances, essentially. I trust them. And in this case, energetically, what that means from a human perception of manifestations is that you have created a fit. You've created an expanded context into which this person now assimilates into your life in a way that aligns to the things that you already believe. Now, energetically, what happens when we do not trust? When we do not trust, what happens is that we deem things in those piles of manifestations to be different than the choices that we would have made and most likely to be of lesser quality or to be less desirable than the decisions that we would have made. So by the end of the year, where in one case, those pile of manifestations are like, yeah, this fits beautifully into my context. In the other situation, by the end of the year, what you are saying is that these belief systems that this person has are so different from the ones that I have and I prefer that I do not trust them. I do not believe that they will do what I have in my context. And that is true. So now, what would the chorus say about what just happened between you and that other human? They've been looking down at you when they saw that energetically, you two were creating a giant pile of manifestations. And as you were creating manifestations, you were creating beliefs, the same cycle, right? And in one case, you liked that pile of manifestations and approve of it. And in the other case, you do not like that pile of manifestations. You do not approve of it and you do not trust that person. The chorus would say that in each case, you are simply activating beliefs of a lack of trust. So though you feel like you trust the person in the first scenario and you don't trust the person in the second scenario, to them, at a sort of panned out, more expanded viewpoint, really what they are saying is that you are still experiencing beliefs of lack of trust. And that is because from their vantage point, you as the human needed that pile of manifestations, needed that time to pass, 
and then needed to run all those manifestations through your judgments in order to determine whether or not you feel someone is trustworthy. The end output is what a human will focus on. I trust that person today. I don't trust that person today. But a chorus member will look at that and say, this whole process that you went through, this whole passage of time, this whole piling of manifestations, this whole judging whether or not those manifestations are trustworthy or not, that whole thing is driven by unconscious beliefs that a human has in things being fundamentally untrustworthy. And I will point out that though you will say, I trust this person at the end of the year in scenario A, really that is still subject to the nature of time. You and I both know that that person could do something the next day that would violate your trust. That judgment of I trust this person is not made in perpetuity. It's not a forever judgment they could still do something the next day that seems out of character perhaps because you've built beliefs about what their character is, but that in your recognition of the fact that someone could violate your trust tomorrow, however low probability that seems, is a conscious recognition by you starting to understand that we have fundamental unconscious beliefs in the nature of things being untrustworthy. To a member of the chorus, there is no need to create that pile of manifestations to go through the passage of time and to evaluate whether that pile of manifestations is trustworthy or not. They simply would have trusted that situation and that person from the get-go, from the instant they arrived, wholly and completely. Life or death kind of trust, complete. Complete in a way that we barely understand because there's so much about our experience here that is very intentionally and very purposely incomplete. And then this is sort of where they made their next point, which is, They can trust that situation and that person wholly and completely because they have a different perspective of that person and that situation where nothing is hidden from them. They receive energetically the entirety of another being in the instant that they connect with that other being, including us, including me. But we don't. There are things that we cut ourselves off from the perception of, and this is the origin of our idea that we could be deceived because we gave ourselves a very, very, very limited view of the universe. And so things surprise us. We don't get a full sense of a person and their entire energetic being when they walk into the room and we shake their hand for the first time. We are able to see them. We are able to hear them. We are able to maybe touch them if we shake their hand or give them a hug or an embrace. But that's it. 
And as you now know, those manifestations are the end result of a very long journey that the energy took through all sorts of belief systems and filtering before it could land on the frequency of our five senses. But we don't see the whole trajectory. We don't see the whole person that they are, let alone their whole game piece and what their intentions are here and now in this lifetime. And so we get surprised because we filter all of that information on the five senses spectrum through our belief systems and we draw a conclusion. And that conclusion may be accurate or it may not. And it is often not because you are filtering what you view about that person through your belief systems. And your belief systems have a fundamental structure to them that believes in things being untrustworthy. So does this cycle feel a little inescapable? I get that, right? How do we get out of this? I mean, if my experiences build beliefs and my beliefs dictate my experiences, if I am stuck on this wheel, how can I ever trust someone the way the chorus trusts someone without escaping from this limited perspective, right? And this is where at the end of the message, the chorus said, hey, we are not givers of to-do lists. We are not going to give you a litany of things that you need to now go practice or remember to do in your day in order to be more trusting. Because they are a little hands-off of our belief system complex in the sense that they don't see anything wrong with it. They don't think we need to escape it. They don't think we need to change what we are now that we are becoming conscious of the fact that we do this. Rather, they said something else, which is much more powerful, which is you can trust yourself. If you want to know the best energetic loophole in this whole game and in this whole structure, it is the love and the trust of yourself. Emotions is not something we've really gotten into yet, but we will. We sort of skirt past them in each of these episodes so far, but we're approaching it. And one of the things that you will learn about emotions is that it is our fundamental ability to perceive the differences in energy, which we could not disconnect ourselves from even here in the game. It still shows up. It shows up in a limited and diminished way, but we still have them. Humans have emotions. That is our read on the energetic aspects of the universe that persists even in an experience of great limitation like we have created here. So if you can think about the emotion of self-trust, what is that? Energetically, what is happening when you trust all the inklings, all the ideas, all the things you say, all the things you do, all the things you forget to do, all of it? Every bumpy, lumpy aspect of who you are, what if you trusted all of it? What is that sensation? 
That sensation is an allowance of energy. It is an opening. It is a doorway, you could say, through which the energy comes through to you more purely. It sort of softens your activation of all the belief systems, essentially all the thinking that we do all day, which constructs our reality. Have you ever had a moment where trusting yourself seems a little irrational? Where you don't know why you feel the way you do, but you just do and you actually allow that? That is a perfect example of your choice of allowing the energy to come directly through to you then through the thinking process of the belief system complex. It's like an alternate pathway through the database. (laughs) Another analogy, another way to say that is that when you trust yourself, you are actually expanding outward to the furthest parts of your being and the utmost of what you can energetically perceive. And from that position, you are able to receive the energy more purely because you are sort of expanded beyond the belief system complex. And so the furthest part of you is sort of catching the pureness of the energy before it's been filtered by the beliefs. Whichever way you prefer to look at it, either it's a loophole, it's a shortcut pathway of the energy directly to you, or it's an expansion of yourself outward to the energy, whichever direction works best in your imagining is fine. But the point is that self-trust is an experience of stepping into flow. When you trust yourself, that feeling of trust is a sensation of flow where you may not have a reason why you're doing it or why you're not doing it, but you simply feel like that's what you want to do. And if you want to know how to fundamentally change the world that you live in, it's by simply trusting yourself. And in trusting yourself, you will begin to manifest more things in your environment to trust. Now, going back to what we talked about last week, does that mean you start trusting yourself and then a portal opens up and you leave this crazy planet and go to a planet where there's more trustworthy people? (laughs) That might be a human conception of how that shift occurs. But as we have been touching on very gently over the last few weeks, the infinite is possible in all aspects of creation, including yourself and including all those crazy people that you're surrounded by. And so as you begin to trust yourself and bring the light of your consciousness to this process, to this experience of choosing flow, Every now and then. You don't even have to do it 100% of the time. You could just do it like occasionally and it's transformative. That experience will cause a shift in the energy that you attract to yourself. And so all those crazy people that you're surrounded by will suddenly, maybe gradually, become a little less crazy 
a little more reasonable, a little more logical, a little more trustworthy from the infinite that is possible within each and every aspect of creation. You will draw to yourself more things that are trustworthy. The perception, the experience of the trustworthy aspects of those things that you were surrounded by, not because you made a pile of manifestations and decided to evaluate it and decided you have changed your opinion and now those things are trustworthy. That is a very brain-based, that is a very five senses way of doing that process and it works. It's the same output, but it's a little different than simply choosing to trust, stepping into that energetic flow and then watching as things to trust begin to appear more and more and more in your life as it exists today. So let's go back to that moment in time when I had been channeling the chorus for a while and I started to write down questions again and then had a thought. You know, they always say stuff that's better than the questions that I think to ask. And I put my pen down and I didn't write questions that night. And I went and I talked to them when we had a grand conversation the way we did. And I thought it went pretty great. And so the next time I didn't think about what I wanted to ask. I just connected to them. And then again and again and again. And fast forward a few years. And my head was full of the opinions of all sorts of other beings. But I really didn't have much to say for myself. There wasn't much of my voice in the mix. Now, you could view that as an experience of trust. I was learning to trust the chorus more, perhaps. But was there also an aspect of lack of trust? That gradually I had learned that I trusted my perspective less and less and less. Quintessentially human, you could say. And then, Many years later, (laughs) I sort of had this moment of, what the hell? I may not be a glowing, expansive, infinitely loving member of the chorus, but I'm me and I am part of creation too. And I have a perspective In fact, it's a perspective that none of them have because none of them are human. And so I have a uniqueness. I have a uniqueness due to my participation here on these frequencies. I have a uniqueness due to my unique creation. And in that moment, I learned to trust myself again. I learned to trust my sense of self. 
maybe not necessarily specific things that I think or do. I don't trust specific actions, namely. It's a little bit broader than that. It's a trust of my own existence. It's a trust that I have worth simply by being me. I didn't judge whether or not my questions were right in that moment. I didn't calculate any of the manifestations that had happened in the course of my channeling. I simply trusted myself and I stepped into the flow of what I am. And so this would be maybe my word of advice, I guess. We hear a lot from the chorus, but you're going to get an extra two cents from me. (laughs) If we are all standing on the cusp of rediscovering or expanding into the infinite, you're going to meet a lot of beings and a lot of different perspectives, a lot of varying opinions, a lot more of the infinite. And so you could stand in front of the most dazzling beings. Maybe they seem more powerful. Maybe they flit in and out of time. Maybe you can see them on wavelengths of light and they seem really beautiful. Who knows? Anyways, they seem really sparkly and so much better than a human. But then I want you to remember this. That Katie said that one day on the podcast. Bullshit. (laughs) They're not better than you. They're not better. There is no better. There is no worse. That's a belief system. And that belief system is trying to calculate where to put your trust. Do you trust them because they're more powerful? Do you trust something else? Do you trust fate? Do you trust karma? And all of that is driven by beliefs and lack of trust, most especially manifested in our lack of trust of ourselves. Infinite creation is full of infinite variety, not infinite hierarchy. You are as worthy of love and trust as any other being in creation. I know it's not popular to say these days, but I think humanity is doing pretty great. I think you could stand in front of any dazzling being toe-to-toe. I think our experience here is more powerful than any of us yet understand. I believe that our choice of contrast has assisted, has benefited, has expanded all of us and many more than we know. And I trust you. I trust humans. I trust our species. And most days, I trust myself.
Thanks so much for listening. We hope you found these messages to be helpful. May they accelerate you on your path wherever you'd like it to go. For more information, check out our website at katieandthechorus.com. There you will find show quotes, episode transcripts, details on our book, The Book of Human Awakening, as well as our newsletter sign up. Visit katieandthechorus.com. Thanks again. See you next time.